It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Hey! I am in my house. Um, actually, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my laundry as I talk to you. I'm putting up my laundry. You know, those of you who have kids, you notice how you just seem to, you know, they proliferate dirty clothes. I don't know how they do it, but it just seems like when my kids are around the house, they generate, it's like everything they they, they wear just somehow, and, and things they, I could have sworn I did not see them wearing, all that stuff seems to end up in the laundry basket. But anyway, I am almost done with my laundry. I've been, I've been pre-recording these shows and uh, chit-chatting with you about a topic that's been near and dear to my heart for a long time. I knew that at some point I wanted to talk about it, but, you know, sometimes with my shows, oftentimes, I wait until the inspiration comes. You know, I, I, I've i said before that actually I did this show because I felt like it was something I was supposed to do. I, I thought it was something that I was divinely um, sort of ordained to do. And um, so... Oftentimes I, I, I find I don't really need to push it. I just sort of say, you know, Lord, this is your show. I'm going to talk about what you want me to talk about. And if, uh, you know, I need a topic, then I'm sure you're going to give me the inspiration. And it always comes. So um, over a year and a half, going on two years into the show, I have not run out of things to say. It's really quite amazing, isn't it? Today we're going to talk about this place. This place that nobody ever wants to find themselves in, it is a place that in the Bible God himself says, I hate it. God hates divorce. And we're going to talk about what happens when the marriage falls apart. And this is part four. And actually, I think this will be the last part in part because I'm almost done with my laundry. And (laughs) also in part because I think we're nearing the end of all the useful things that I, I, I have that I felt compelled to tell you about this process. I um, Those of you who might be listening to me for the first time, feel free to go listen to the first three shows, When the Marriage Falls Apart, Part 1, Part 2, Part 3, and this is Part 4. If um, uh, you, you don't know already, I, I happen to be a lawyer, been practicing for 20 years. I spent the first five years of my practice doing, among other things, divorce law. So this is a topic, and and on top of that, I am one of the 50% of Americans who have gone through it. So I feel reasonably qualified to talk to you about this topic. And, um, you know, in, in some respects, I find that, you know, God is able to take everything that we go through, even the horrible stuff, and um, use it for good. And I do remember thinking to myself, well, Lord, I sure hope you're going to put this to some good because it's, sucks. That was when I was going through my divorce, and I'm so pleased that now I get to use it in a constructive way because, you know, I really can say I understand. I understand a lot about uh, the process and what it feels like and how awful it is, and and I would never wish it on anybody, but here we are. 50% of us go through it, so um, it's certainly worth talking about. Today, now the last show we talked about kids and emotions, what to do with your kids, what to do with your emotions. Today, we're going to talk about what not to do, okay? And, um, you know, just so you know, I don't stand in judgment of anybody. 
And uh, if I could stand in judgment of anybody, I suppose I wouldn't have gone through it. You know, the interesting thing, I have to say, speaking of judgment, one of the things that I found so interesting, and I and I tell my friends this every time, if I if I if I happen across someone who's going through a divorce, one of the things I tell them is, you will find, as you go through it, that you know you will be shocked, stunned, and amazed at how judgmental some of your friends will be, and uh, you will have friends who say you know silly things like, well, you know, you're just taking the easy way out. Oh, like it's easy. Right. The only people who think divorce is easy are people who've never gone through it. I promise you that. Um, in I think it was the first show, I talked about a um, colleague of mine who was a partner at a law firm, and he was on his fourth wife. And I remember just out of just sheer curiosity. In fact, I, I I was I was hoping that I would someday get to know him well enough to ask the question, and I was so pleased I did. And the question that I asked him finally was. So, you know, you're on your fourth wife, so obviously you've been divorced three times. He said yes. And I said, so did it get easier? Did the divorce get easier with each wife? And he said, no, it gets actually got harder. It got harder, you know, in part, I'm sure, because there is a sense of failure that often accompanies people and guilt the first time around. So imagine multiplying that by three, because by three times, I'd probably be thinking to myself, what is wrong with me that I can't hold a marriage together to save my life? Gee whiz! And I I suspect I'd have given up by that time. But, hey, you know, he was resilient, and he was on his third, uh, on his fourth marriage. And uh, I was really quite surprised that he said, no, it doesn't get easier. You don't get to the point where it's just a process that you're going through. It hurts, and it hurts each time, and it hurts just as much. So with that, let's talk about what not to do, having talked about what to do in part three. Do not do silly things. Um, Do not allow your emotions to ruin the rest of your life because you're going through a divorce. I I hasn't, you know, I I almost said just because you're going through a divorce, but, you know, obviously if you're going through it, there's no just about it, is there? Do not attempt suicide. Some people do, um, and, and the rest of us perhaps just think about it. And, um, you know, I I thought about it, and the reason I didn't do it was, first of all, um, I was afraid. I'm not Catholic, but, you know, I have heard that Catholics believe that the the biggest mortal sin that you can commit is killing yourself because what you're really saying is that God made a mistake when he made you. And you know better, so you're going to take your life away. And not only that, but there's no place for redemption because there's no opportunity to repent, and therefore you go straight to hell. Now, I don't know if that's true, and um, I dare say there's nobody living who could attest to that fact. (laughs) So I don't know how we arrived at the conclusion that that must be how it works. But, and, and, you know, I hasten to say I'm um, I'm not a pastor. I have no, absolutely zero religious training. So perhaps there's some place in the Bible that I have missed, and if there is, I welcome you to send me a note and let me know and point me to that place. But, um, you know, back to this question of of doing things that that alter the rest of your life, you know, I was always afraid of the whole suicide option because I thought to myself, well, what if the Catholics are right? You know, if, if you think that whatever you're experiencing on this earth is so terrible, um, then, you know, to my way of thinking, if you multiply it by, you know, killing yourself and going to hell, 
And then you make it that much worse by sealing yourself in it for eternity. I'm thinking, well, that's got to be a whole lot worse than whatever I'm going through right now. So I think I'm just going to write this out and see where it goes. Um, So that's one thing not to do. Um, Accept that it is a serious thought and deal with it. So for me, you know, I can laugh about it now. And I knew I was never going to kill myself. As a matter of fact, I tell my friends all the time, if you ever hear anybody, if I die tomorrow and you hear somebody say, oh, she committed suicide, <laughs> just know that I was that, that I was murdered because I would never, never, ever, never, ever, ever do that. But those of you who have those thoughts, you know, know that it is not unusual to have thoughts like that when you go through a really big upheaval, and a calamitous situation in your life. In all seriousness, if it really is a serious thought, it was never really a serious thought for me. It was just a, you know, gee, wouldn't it be nice if I didn't have to go through this? Um, But if it's a really serious thought for you, you know, get help. Get counseling, talk to your family, talk to someone who can give you assistance. But um, at the end of the day, I will tell you that you will get through it. Divorce might be horrible and it might be acrimonious. Obviously, you're not getting along with your spouse, which is why you're getting divorced in the first place. So that's kind of part and parcel of the whole process. It's, you know, not much of a surprise if you're not getting along so well. But um, if if you're having serious thoughts about things like suicide or hurting yourself or cutting yourself, you know, get help to deal with it. Um, it will pass. The whole process will pass. And, you know, as Kelly Clarkson saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It really does. You will be stronger if you embrace the experience. What? Did she say embrace the experience? Yes, yes, I did. Embrace the experience. You can't get over it. You can't go under it. You can't jump up. You can't jump around it. You just have to go through it. Embrace the pain. Those of you who have ever had babies, ladies, you know that um, when those labor pains come, you can't hop over them, you can't get past them, you can't get through them, you just got to go. You, you can't get over them, under them, around them, you just got to go through them. Embrace the pain, relax your body, and accept that this is just something that you're going to have to go through, and at the end of the day, there'll be this beautiful baby, and life will be good. Divorce, kind of the same. At the end of the day, you will have to go through it. Don't try to hide. Don't hide in... Um, New and rebound relationships, don't hide in alcohol, don't hide in booze, don't hide in destructive habits, because none of them will save you from having to go through it. They will just prolong the pain that you have to endure. And perhaps the pain will be even greater when you do have to eventually stop running away from it because you've been trying to hide for so long. And now perhaps you have compounded it by doing some other things that have made it worse. So accept it. It will pass. You will be stronger. Embrace the experience. He, she, no one is worth you hurting yourself um, because they're gone. Because, you know, my my view, frankly, was always if um, I have to go through a breakup, uh, is bad enough, but I certainly am not going to compromise the rest of my life over this sorry so-and-so-and-so-and-so who is now not a part of my life anymore anyway. <laughs> that was just my view. And that was my view when I went through, you know, break up with the boyfriend, you're in high school, you're in college, and it's like, oh, definitely not worth crying over. Um, 
especially now that you're gone. But um, <laughs> that that's just my view. You have to have a sense of humor around it. And if, if the humor isn't working, if the friends aren't working, then you need to get some professional help. Go find it. Talk to your pastor. Talk to, well, get a pastor. Talk to... Um, Talk to a counselor, get a good referral. There are lots of good counselors out there. And um, uh, talk to your dad. Talk to your heavenly dad. Talk to your father because God knows you better than anybody. He is the one person who understands, spirit, I suppose, who understands what you're going through better than you understand it yourself. He can give voice to it in ways that you cannot. He will hold you through it, and he will walk you through it and carry you through it in ways that nobody else can. He will understand where nobody else can understand. Go to your father, sit down. This is a great opportunity to start developing that relationship. And uh, never mind that you've just showed up at his doorstep at a time when you are in pain. That's when God, frankly, is most useful. Um, And so use him. He's there. He's your dad. He loves you. He wants to have a relationship. Now, just don't leave him there after you're done. Um, I used to do criminal law, and I I used to be so tickled at how many of the criminal clients, you know, criminal defendants get into jail, and and they'd find Jesus there. And I always used to joke and say, you know, Jesus lives in the jail because all the defendants who go into jail seem to find him there, but then they leave him there too when they leave. Um, So, you know, don't go find him in the depth of your despair, and then leave him there. Um, Carry him with you because, uh, you know, that relationship will be the best relationship you ever had. Uh, We got really close when I went through my divorce, as as often happens. I mean, I believed in God before that. We had a relationship before that. But, boy, there's nothing like a catastrophe in your life to bring you closer because you got to cling to something. And you can't cling to your retirement dreams. You can't cling to your friends. You can't cling to your kids. You can't cling to your house and your and your picket fence and your dogs and your cats and your nice, comfy life in the suburbs because all of it, when you go through a divorce, all of it is under threat and you just don't know what you're going to have on the other side so you go cling to your dad because if there's one thing that you know and I know and know that you know is that no matter what else disappears, God will be there still. Speaking of friends. Let's talk about friend custody. You might be going, what? Friend custody? Oh, yes. Friend custody is who gets the friends when you get divorced. Sometimes your friends will decide that for you because especially the ones that you met as a couple who have never known you as anything but a couple because you might have noticed that when you're married, most of your friends are married too. And you kind of sit there and you go, where are all the single people? I don't know any of them. And uh, I, I promise you this, you will suddenly get to know a whole bunch of them when you get divorced because sometimes your friends may disappear just because they don't know how to behave around you. They feel awkward and they can't quite figure out who to invite at parties now that neither one of you like each other, and then it's just awkward. So they don't invite anybody. They don't talk to you. Or they may invite one of you, the one that they both agree they like the best, the best. or if, you know, the wife always got along with, you know, your husband, maybe she'll just by default invite your husband because she's planning the party and that's who gets to come to the party and you don't get invited. You don't even know there's a party. So friend custody is one of the realities. Your the profile of your friends will change. That's just the way it is. 
Some of them will stick by you and those will be your true friends and you will love them forever. Some of them will disappear, and every time you see them, they say, "Hey, we should get together," and then they run scuttling off into the into the sunset and under the rug and you know into the dark places where you can never seem to find them. Um, but friend custody is a reality. The other interesting thing that happened um, when I got divorced that that really kind of threw me was that I had more than one of my, our, previously our friends, um, hit on me. Now, remember I said most of our friends were married, right? So these were married men who were couple friends of ours when we were married. So we get divorced, and all of a sudden here they come grinning and, you know, making suggestive gestures, and I'm thinking, what? And um, so that was kind of interesting. So you got to manage that, too. And then the other interesting thing that you find out about your friends is who's really unhappy in their marriage. Because then, you know, you get divorced and all of a sudden, or you get separated and all of a sudden, you've got these friends who come along and they say, you know, I hate my marriage. I can't believe that I've been here for this long and that long. Maybe I should get divorced, too. And you're going, whoa, wait just a minute. (laughs) Don't do that. You know, um, this is not a contagious disease. This is just something that, you know, my husband and I are going through. This is not for you because the last thing you want is, you know, your other friend's spouses thinking you're the reason why, you know, there's sort of this mass exodus out of the marriage. Not good, not good. So beware of those kinds of conversations and be circumspect about what you say to your friends about your relationship because, after all, these friends are people who probably like you and your spouse, too. And the last thing you want to do is make them feel awkward by putting them in the middle of your relationship. Don't do that. It's already awkward enough that you're getting divorced and they've got to figure out how to relate to you and they just don't know what to say half the time. So don't make it any harder than it needs to be. But accept that there are some friends that you're just going to lose. And uh, don't blame them. Don't be bitter. Just move on because the other thing that you will find is all of a sudden you've got a whole bunch of single friends that you didn't even know. And the other interesting thing you may learn about your friends is how many of them are on marriage number two and three themselves. And Because, uh, you know, it doesn't come up when you are happily married and you're chit-chatting and you're playing with the kids. But, you know, the minute you start having trouble in your marriage, you know, all sorts of things start popping out of the woodwork that will surprise you. And so, you know, I had some friends who said, well, you know, I understand what you're going through because I've been through it. And they're like, what? And they're like, oh, yes, this is my third wife child. This is my second husband, honey. Um, My favorite one was, this is my third wife, but her parents don't know she's my third wife. They think she's my second wife. And I was like, ooh, that's an interesting story. Do tell. And uh, (laughs) so... You find out all sorts of interesting things about your friends. But, uh, you know, some will endure. Some relationships will strengthen. Some will be new to you and some will bow out. It's okay. It is just the natural process of the adjustment. And the other thing you might be thinking is, you know, where on earth is the light? This really sucks. And um, you might also be thinking, I can't cope. I've got so many things, you know, it's everything I can do to just keep the kids alive, keep myself alive, and go to work and keep my job. Some people can't even do that when they go through the process. You may have to simplify and downsize your life. Accept it 
and embrace it. It may be good for you. Um, when I got divorced, let's see, I got rid of every living thing in my house besides my kids and me. And so the dogs had to go because I could just barely keep everything going. And so the dogs were promptly put up for adoption, which my children hated, but it was for their own good and mine too. And um, so they just had to get over that one. And now I can't have a dog because I'm not home enough. When the girls are gone, I travel. So I'm going to be in the U.K. for a couple of months working. And uh, so I'm not really conducive to having a pet because there's nobody here to take care of the pet. These are the kinds of decisions that you have to make. When we put our dog up for adoption, you know, she had been with me since she was a puppy. She was my dog. And um, at this point, she was about 12 years old. And, you know, she th- this was all she knew. I was very sad. But sometimes you have to make these difficult decisions just so that you can continue to function. The next thing that went after the dogs were the plants. Um, couldn't sustain the plants, believe it or not, because they required watering, they were living things. I just didn't have the energy. And so the plants had to go. So I packed up the plants, I took them to my church, and I donated them to my church. I see them at church even today as I'm walking around. I'm, every time I look at them, I'm my goodness, my plants are doing so well, and they are being very well taken care of by the church. Even the the owner of the dog uh, now, from time to time, will send me pictures of little Kudzi. This is Kudzi now. She's 16 years old. She's still as sweet as she was. In fact, I'm hoping that we can go pay her a visit, but she's just the most darling little creature. And um, it was a good thing for her. It was the best thing that I could have done for her because I just did not have the wherewithal to take care of my poor little dog. And so you may have to make difficult decisions like that, but, you know, if you need to downsize your home, um, it's actually a better time to sell a house today than it was back in, say, around 2008, right? That is a possible viable option more than it has been in the past couple of years. If you need to downsize your home, downsize your home. If you need to get rid of the great big house with the picket fence because you can't manage it, then that's what you do. I remember crying the first time my light bulb went out. And that might not sound like a big deal to you, except I am five foot two, And my ceilings were about, you know, 13 feet in the air and the lights were recessed and I had no idea how to change the light bulbs. My ex-husband was six foot three. And um, his job was maintenance, so when I was left with maintenance, (laughs) it was a bit of a shock, (laughs) and it was a bit of a fright. And uh, so even the simplest things, you know, um, suddenly become monumental tasks. And there is a huge learning curve, especially if you're left having to take care of a house. And so simplify, simplify, accept that life has changed. Don't keep pretending nothing has changed because it has. It has changed a great deal. And the sooner you accept it and you just accept it and you go through it, then the better off you are going to be because it will at least allow you to be honest about where you are and start to recover. So these are things that I would suggest to you. Where is the light? I promise you, I promise you it will get better. I promise you that if you go through it the right way, because remember I said, you know, don't hop over it, don't try and leapfrog it, don't try and get under it, don't try and pretend it didn't happen. Um, 
And don't, for crying out loud, don't hold on to that spouse for years and years and years. Even though you've been separated and you're not together and you haven't seen the inside of each other's homes, you know, don't do that. But, um, you know, accept it and go through it if you must. And if you must go through it, your father is the one who will be your best and greatest comforter. Lean on him, talk to him. Uh, about all the things that you're going through, and I promise you, he will be there for you because he loves you, and you will cry together, and he will hold you, and you can feel it. You can feel it. So all that to say, um, there is light at the end of the tunnel always, and you will get to a day maybe where you'll think, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, I got away from that man or I got away from that woman, and now look at how my life has improved. Look at how my life has changed. I'm not advocating divorce, but if you have to go through it, um, there's always a silver lining. You just have to look for it because you will find it. Um, because I went through a divorce, I can do this with you guys. I can talk to you about these topics because I am in the know. So there is always a way that pain can be used for good. That brings us to the end of our show for today, and that brings us to the end of our interesting series of discussions on this particular topic, When the Marriage Falls Apart, Part 4. Go in peace and take care of yourselves emotionally. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.